Good morning everyone and welcome to our service of worship for Sunday the 10th of January. As I'm sure most of you know by now, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, after discussions with junior ministers from the Stormont Executive, took the decision that churches shouldn't open until after the 6th of February. This is in light of the increased infection rate from COVID in recent days. I do hope, however, that you will continue to follow our online Sunday online worship Sunday by Sunday until we are able to meet together again. Let us worship God. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, who by the light of a star led wise men to the infant Jesus, by the light of your word, lead us and lead all peoples, all nations, to him, the Saviour of the world, that we might bring the very best gifts that we have to offer, paying homage to him as our King. Just now, Lord, we bring to you the small and the simple gift of this moment, set aside to draw near and to worship. We give to you our full attention. We give to you our praise and our thanks. We give to you the service of our lips and our hands and our feet. We offer to you our hearts. Lord, purify those hearts, we pray, from all idols, from all that would divide them and draw them away from you. You have promised to be like a refiner's fire, proving and purifying our lives as your people. In your love, you refine us like silver and test our lives like gold. And in this past year, we have suffered grief and known all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of our faith, of far greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. And yet in the midst of such testing times, we're not sure whether we shine brighter or whether we're in danger of shrinking back from all that you have taught us. But we want your refining to redefine our lives as your people and as your church. Remoulded, reshaped, repolished, reignited for your glory. Lord, at the beginning of this new year, we want to offer our lives to you. We pray, Lord, that in our lives we might more and more reflect you. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. And our Bible reading today is taken from Philippians, Philippians chapter 1 
and we're reading verses 3 to 19. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. I'm happy because you have joined me in spreading the good news. You've done so from the first day until now. God began a good work in you and I am sure that he will carry it on until it's completed. That will be on the day Christ Jesus returns. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you. I love you with all of my heart. I may be held by chains or I may be standing up for the truth of the good news. Either way, all of you share in God's grace together with me. God is my witness that I long for all of you. I love you with the love that Christ Jesus gives. I pray that your love will grow more and more and that it be based on knowledge and understanding. Then you'll be able to know what is best. Then you'll be pure and without blame for the day that Christ returns. You will be filled with the fruit of right living produced by Jesus Christ. All these things bring glory and praise to God. Brothers and sisters, here is what I want you to know. What has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel. One thing has become clear. I'm being held by chains because I'm a witness for Christ. All the palace guards and everyone else know it. And because I'm a prisoner, most of the believers have become bolder in the Lord. They now dare even more to preach the good news without fear. It's true that some preach about Christ because they're jealous. But others preach about Christ to help me in my work. The last group acts out of love. They know I've been put here to be a witness for the good news. But the others preach about Christ only to get ahead. They preach Christ for the wrong reasons. They think they can stir up trouble for me while I'm being held by chains. But what does it matter? Here's the important thing. Whether for right or wrong reasons, Christ is being preached about. That makes me very glad. And I will continue to be glad. I know that you're praying for me. I also know that God will give me the Spirit of Jesus Christ to help me. So no matter what happens, I'm sure I will still be set free. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. Amen. I imagine given the the seriousness of our present circumstances, it didn't come as too big a surprise to most of you to hear that our church building would again be closed for some time for in-person worship. I know that for some of you, you've really appreciated coming out to church in the past months and uh, that news is maybe a bit of a disappointment. I know myself, I'd much rather be leading worship for all of us in church and enjoying the dynamic of real in-person fellowship. Uh, rather than simply recording services at home. But it's a little sacrifice for us to make, and for a short period of time, at least until we get ahead of this virus, which hopefully won't be too long away now. We've been here before, and we came through it to a period when restrictions were were eased somewhat, although I do realise that some of you have been shading right from the beginning of this pandemic back Uh, last March, which is such a long time. 
But as all of us go into another period of lockdown, as we once more close the doors on our church building, I don't want us to think that someone, somewhere, the executive or or whoever else in church house has pressed the pause button on church. Church continues. It continues through the likes of, of these online recordings, services in all their different forms. It continues through your own individual prayer and reading the Bible at home. It continues through our witness, the very act of our voluntarily closing those doors of church and staying at home and and what that says to people, that we too are ready to make these small sacrifices for our neighbour in the way that Jesus, our Lord, lived his life in self-denial for the sake of others. Our being church even continues in the new opportunities that might be afforded to us at this time to advance the gospel in word and deed. We just read from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Christians in Philippi, and it's important when reading pastoral letters like these in the New Testament to understand that there's a context. A context for the church community receiving the letter, and a context for the one who's writing the letter. The context for the Apostle Paul, as he writes, is lockdown. Paul is in a situation where he's forbidden to step outside the house where he's being held. He's a prisoner. Now there's some debate as to whether he was in prison in Ephesus at this time or under house arrest in Rome. Both of those imprisonments are recorded in the book of Acts. The latter is the more traditional view and if he was under house arrest well that's not quite as nice and as comfortable as it sounds because it meant actually being tethered by a three foot long chain to a Roman soldier night and day. The soldier or or the guard, Paul calls them palace guards or imperial guards, well they would have been changed every four to six hours. Now how Paul ended up in this situation is a long story. He was falsely accused, he was assaulted, he was tried, and as he was a Roman citizen, he was sent to Rome. He was shipwrecked on the way. and Eventually when he got to Rome, and upon his arrival in Rome, he was held, he was confined in chains, not yet sure whether or not he would have to face execution. And incredibly, he conveys these words to the church far away in Philippi. He says, Now I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Isn't that amazing? How he can say that in the light of all of those things that he'd been through. What's more, he goes on to tell the Philippians about his rejoicing. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, he says, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. We might be tempted to complain about the difficult situations that we find ourselves in, but not Paul, because he knew that this wasn't about him, but about Christ and his kingdom. And so rather than see the difficulties, Paul sees progress. And most importantly, he sees the gospel 
advancing. Whenever we think about what he means in that short phrase, what has happened to me? Any one of those things that had happened to to Paul along his journey might have seemed like a dead end to Paul's efforts to advance the gospel. Doors firmly slammed in his face. But Paul isn't being ironic. He's speaking genuinely when he says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. See, God's work doesn't stop with Paul's lockdown. The gospel doesn't suddenly stop advancing. Can you just imagine being a soldier alone with and chained to the Apostle Paul for a straight six-hour shift? Many of those soldiers had the opportunity to witness Paul's attitude and his prayer, to hear the gospel, and some no doubt became Christians as a result. Their influence began to spread throughout their entire unit, to their families, in their homes, and beyond. Whether or not they became Christians, they all knew that Paul's imprisonment was because of his testimony for Christ. Not because he was just another political prisoner. No wonder Paul declares, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Not only does he recognise these God-given opportunities to witness to the whole of the palace guard, but he still has the freedom, a little bit of freedom, to write these letters to the ordinary Christians in Philippi to encourage them and to embolden them. He maybe couldn't see them face to face, but he still had an opportunity to write. If he had a phone, I'm sure he would phone, or if he had access to social media, I'm sure he'd be using WhatsApp. But in God's sovereign purpose, Paul wrote, obviously with the help of a friend, so that even us today, we can read those very same words and be encouraged and emboldened ourselves. If Paul can be an effective and faithful witness in spite of all these things that had happened to him, then so can we. If Paul didn't say, "Um, well, look, I'm in lockdown at the moment. I can't do anything just now but rather made the most of every opportunity before him. So can we make the most of every opportunity right where we are. But this is by no means the only time we see these kinds of situations in the New Testament, situations which to all the world look like absolute dead ends for the spread of the gospel and the advancement of Christ's kingdom. Bethan reminded us a little while in our children's talk earlier, that after Jesus' birth, it looked like the promise of the kingdom and God's salvation might be snuffed out before it even began. Journeys to Bethlehem, escapes to Egypt, lockdowns, imprisonments, close borders, church closures, shipwrecks, earthquakes, you name it. All of these situations in the New Testament, situations in which we might ask ourselves, what is God doing? in all of this. And yet against all our intuition and sometimes to our bewilderment, it's through these very contingencies that again and again the gospel spreads, the kingdom 
advances. Importunity and opportunity going hand in hand. So as we look at the closure of church buildings for a few more weeks, let's not think that church has paused. Let's not think that that God's work in and through us has paused. Yes, it's not ideal. Just like it wasn't ideal for Paul not to be able to visit his church communities in person. And yes, that tiny little virus called COVID-19 has caused so much suffering and is so very influential in all of our lives at the moment. Just like Paul felt the influence and the power of the Roman Empire. It's very influential. But here's the thing. It's not determinative in how God can work. The continuing work of God, the advance of the gospel, is not determined by the influence of a virus or by church closures or by any other contingencies that come our way. With God, all that happens to us can really serve to advance the gospel in our own lives and in the lives of others. It was the task of advancing the gospel that was given to Paul and that's given to all Christians given to Paul personally by the risen Christ, given to the church in the great commission of Jesus to his disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. The church has many different functions at times, like the ones we're in at the moment. It has an important function of bringing comfort and consolation. We're blessed, aren't we, with so many resources in the Bible, in the Psalms, that bring us real comfort and strength in difficult times. But it's important never to lose sight of the fact that the church's primary function at all times and in every circumstance is not just palliative, but curative. To advance the gospel of Jesus Christ, which gets right to the heart of humanity's deepest need. Which is why Paul is sharing this with the Philippian Christians and in God's providence with us too as we read his words today, to encourage us that we too can take courage and continue to witness, to shine like stars, as Paul puts it in the same letter, to shine like stars in the universe as we hold out the word of life. So while we all may wish at that at this time that things were different, that things were otherwise, the truth is they're not. And they're, they're like this for a reason. God is sovereign over our contingencies, just as much as he is over our careful planning. And someday we'll get to see how all these things work together, our best endeavours, right alongside our crushed hopes, all serving to further God's work, advancing the kingdom for God's glory. May we, like Paul, not just tolerate such contingencies, but by God's grace, Celebrate them in the expectation of all the great things that God can do, even when things aren't ideal. Amen. Let us now come before God with our prayers for one another and our prayers for our world. Let us pray. Lord, today we would pray for the United States at this time when there is so much turmoil, such a challenge for 
the new president to unite a country that is so deeply divided. We think of all those who, for whatever reason it seems, feel so deeply disenfranchised, overlooked and discounted. May you give the new president all wisdom and grace in reaching out to that very large section of society with a listening ear, an open mind and the kind of actions that will bring prosperity and greater equality and inclusion and the healing of divisions. We pray, Lord, for a peaceful transition of power in coming days and the easing of tensions right across the country. Lord, as we enter another lockdown period, we pray that our actions now will will quickly bring down the rates of COVID infection right across the UK and in Ireland. We pray, Lord, that demand for hospital beds and ambulances will be reduced. We pray too that we might quickly see immunity take effect across the population as vaccination programmes are rolled out. Lord, give us patience through this period of new restrictions. Help us to look out for one another, those who are lonely, those who are vulnerable, those who are in need of, of help and support. We pray for those who are ill at the moment with COVID, those isolated at home and those admitted to hospital with complications. We pray, Lord, for your healing for them. Help them to recover their strength. Give your peace and come close in your love to all who are in distress. We pray too, Lord, for people who have had surgery or treatments delayed, that circumstances might quickly change to enable them to get the medical attention that they need. Give wisdom and resources, we pray, to our health minister and to all of those making difficult administrative decisions at this time for our hospitals. Lord, hear our prayers as we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the blessing of God, Almighty Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.